0: This is the Brother Marcos headquarters in Sao Paulo, Brazil, calling Christians anywhere in the world. Please respond. This is the Brother Marcos headquarters in Sao Paulo, Brazil, calling Christians anywhere in the world. Please respond. Hello, my friends, welcome one more time to the Brother Marcos radio show. We're broadcasting from Sao Paulo, Brazil, directly through the airwaves and the data flow of Radio Redemption Network and the Capau Radio Network. Oh, yes, it's good to be with you one more time. We are talking to the whole world. We are already in our fourth year, fourth year discussing. Christian issues, we are discussing, you know, how we should live during these times, the times uh, when, obviously, Satan is making headway, is really trying to implement the system of the Antichrist. We are living in the end times, my friends. We are we are living in the last days. You are witnesses to what's happening, you know, in a million years, people will come to you and say... Oh, my brother, is it is it true that you lived on earth during that time when the Antichrist was rising? Well, tell us about it. Oh, yes, you are witnesses. You're going to be witnesses forever in heaven. So try to behave. Try to behave because that's a big responsibility. First of all, my friends, I would like to say Kia ora to my friends in New Zealand Wayne and Tony especially thank you for your very kind emails. You know, you any of you, you don't have to be a kiwi to contact Brother Marcos. You can you can contact me if you if you wish with suggestions or doubts mm-hmm. at the brother Marcos Radio at gmail.com. I'll be happy happy to respond if I can. And but thank you for our listeners in uh, in New Zealand. Tenakwe tenakwe for you. Oh yes, my friends, if if you don't speak Maori, that means a thank you. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, today my friends, <clears throat> my intention is to start a new series of um short tips. I would say on on, on Christian living. And uh, I'm using here um I'm using here uh, a text from a guy named Tim Chalice. I don't know, since he's a Canuck, a Canadian, maybe it's Tim Chalice, I'm not sure. He's a pastor in Toronto, and uh, he's doing a very interesting series about eight rules for growing in godliness. And that's basically in... uh, in a book from a guy named Thomas Watson, elementary Dr. Watson. Elementary Dr. Watson. He lived in the 1600s, a long time ago. But as I usually say here in this this show, we have to go back now a long time ago, centuries ago, in order to find good Christian teaching, unfortunately. Because today we have things like a hill song. Did you see Hillsong? song? They're praising the Catholics now. They're getting together with the bishops. Isn't that great? Ecumenism, the new world religion. So I will stick to the old preachers, Mr. Thomas of Watson. And, uh, you know, since Tim Chali... You know, it's comfortable coding and using Thomas Watson's texts. I'm comfortable using Tim Chalice's texts in order to start this series. Okay? And I'm going to post, as usual, in our Facebook page, Brother Marcos at Facebook.com and also Fifth Hook Media Facebook page, the text that I'm basing this show today so it's an interesting i i think that it's interesting because uh it provides eight rules or eight I, I would like to use the the word tips okay because you know the rules may be i don't know okay you have some rules but they're in the bible but once someone has written then they're not necessarily rules they're tips and suggestions okay Uh, the rules are in the bible so unless you are coding directly expressly from the bible you cannot say that they are rules okay but anyway i think they're beneficial because they're great tips and we have eight rules so we're gonna go one through one each week or maybe two if they're short i don't know but anyway as usual let's talk a little about what's happening in the world and i i think it's amazing uh, you know so many things are happening that my friends what really strikes me is is the difference in the mentality in the mind of saved people and the pagans you know it's like like two different species living in the same planet but you know thinking in a different way with a totally different mind but they're living side by side and they think they're you know just like the same species but they're not because it's it's completely different perspectives and worldviews and it's it's important that you realize that because when you feel that you are not fitting in, I'll tell you, you are not fitting in. You are not a match for this world. You're, you are know, a citizen of heaven. You are positionally, officially, formally a citizen of heaven. The jury, like the lawyers like to say, the jury means in law. But not de facto, meaning... It has not really happened, but you have the right. Okay. It's just like when you buy, let's say, property, real estate. You you have not moved there, okay? the The guy, the the previous owner, is still living there, okay? But you bought the property, so you are the owner, the judy. But you're not the owner de facto, in fact, when you move there, you're going to be the owner, both the jury and uh, in fact. So my friends, you have to realize that otherwise you're going to be depressed. You're going to start to think there's something wrong about me. <laughs> I don't feel well, you know, I must be Doing something wrong. Because all those people in Hillsong, in Bethel Church, in Saddleback Church, they're so happy. They're glad. They think, you know, things are going for them. They're rich. They're smiling. They have the power to be rich right now. And I'm facing difficulties, tribulations. What's wrong with me? Something must be wrong with me. That's what Satan will tell you. Because he has seduced all those other people who are living accordingly to the world, in the world system, with the world promises of happiness and prosperity. While Jesus Christ said that you have to carry your cross in order to be worthy of him. Not to achieve salvation. But to live according to the salvation you have received by the blood of Jesus at the cross. Do you understand the difference? It's like you have to honor the gift you have received. It's still a gift. You did nothing to deserve it. But you have really to live in a way that honors this wonderful gift. Okay? And you're gonna face tribulations. But do not lose heart because Jesus has won the victory against the world. The world hated him and it's gonna hate you too. But my friends, all the other people, they, they love the world, they think it's great. And it's amazing that if you look around, you see that they are marching to the same beat to the same drum. Things that are happening here in Brazil, they're happening in the United States, they're happening in New Zealand, they're ha- ha- happening in Europe exactly the same way. We just had this immigration law approved here in Brazil. Yes, my friends, you wanna come to Brazil, come right now. You can become a Brazilian citizen with no problems. Everybody is going to automatically become a Brazilian citizen. You know, you just have to be here. You know, that, that, that will mean that people from the most impoverished places on earth will come to Brazil. Especially from Bolivia. You know what they will do? They have their Marxist government there. So they have poverty everybody is miserable with the exception of the leaders of the political party. They will put people inside buses and they will send all those people here. And people here in Brazil, I mean this th- this is a this is a rich country but it's so corrupt that the people are poor. So if you go here to the, our wonderful health public system <laughs> you know <laughs> It's gonna take six months for you to see a doctor with all the immigrants, it's gonna take a year. You know? That's what's gonna happen. And that's what they will happen. They they wanna destroy the concept of sovereignty. And you see, it's exactly the same thing that they're doing in Europe. That's what they wanna do in the United States. I know they are doing that in Australia. I don't know if they're doing that in New Zealand too, but in Australia I know that. Mm-hmm. They're just letting people in. So you see, it's a global plan. And and the guy who sponsored the bill here is a senator who used to be a terrorist. Marxist terrorist. Now he says he's you know he's conservative now. He's a liar. He's a globalist. You know, there's money from George Soros, some NGOs are sponsoring the bill. But I want you to pay attention that, to the fact that the same kind of actions are happening all around the world because this is the system of the Antichrist. Christ, And it's a global system. It's a global system, my friends. Oh, yes. You know what else happen, is happening here in Brazil? Everybody's talking about It's the Blue Whale Challenge. Have you heard about that? They say that this is an internet fad, an internet trend that started in Russia. So what they do, they contact teenagers and they say, you know, here you have 50 challenges for you to accomplish during the specific period of time. You know, and they start like, Small, you do some pranks like you're gonna go to the to the girls' bathroom, and then the next one you have to cut yourself, and the last one you have to kill yourself. And you, you may be thinking, thinking, who is stupid enough in order to follow this? I'll tell you, many many teenagers here in Brazil. Two of them committed suicide because of this. Because the guys, they say, we're going to kill your family because you entered the game. Now you cannot come out of the game, leave the the, the game, because otherwise we are going to kill your parents. One girl, she left her house at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. And she went to this pond, this kind of lake, and she just walked in the lake and drowned. Here in the city of Curitiba, in the state of Santa Catata, I'm sorry, in the state of Paraná, nice city, one of the best cities here in Brazil best quality of life seven teenagers were in the intensive care at the same time so can you imagine two things first how satanic are those people behind the whole thing okay you must be a satanist in order to you know it takes time I mean it's a, it's a full time job you know, just to lead those teenagers into the challenges and everything. So I, I am convinced that, you know, we have Satanists behind this. And the other thing is how gullible and unprepared and vulnerable and deceived Is this generation. In order to believe and follow this thing. How completely apart from God. Receiving absolutely no guidance or directions from their parents. So pay attention my friends. If you have kids. Watch what they're doing in the internet. And uh, more than anything... Talk to them. Explain to them the dangers that are lurking uh, around. It's, ama- it's amazing. It- it's disgusting. And the New Agers are all talking about awakening, about a new paradise. That things are just wonderful. Are they crazy? Are they completely blind? So you see, the pagans are blind. Their minds are are the minds of zombies. That's what being apart from God means, my friends. It's actually becoming crazy. Schizophrenic. Psycho. Zombie. A zombie. That's what they are. That's what they are. And you see... (laughs) I mean, you, you, you go to the newspaper and you see that a guy like this Macron, Macron in France, it, it, it's likely that he's going to be the next president of France. But come on, this, this guy, nobody's is talking about this with the exception of a few Christians. I mean, he's basically the Antichrist. I have my theory. I'm going to write a book, and I'm going to have a introduction by L.A. Marzulli and Tom Horn, and it's going to be named I Know Who the Antichrist Is. The Antichrist is going to be the child of Emmanuel Macron, and jo- and Jared Kushner. <laughs> they will mate together. They will mix their DNA and DNA. And they will produce a, a, a child through gay sex. And the midwife is going to be Justin Trudeau. And this is going to be the Antichrist, okay? Because of that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we have gone through a long time without no candidates for the antichrist position and suddenly we have jared kushner and we have emmanuel macron and Ma- macron out i'm gonna say macron because macron is is i mean it's bad for my throat I- i'll tell you this macron first of all he's called his first name is emmanuel like god with us i, I mean Perfect for the Antichrist. And this guy, he comes from nowhere. From nowhere. And he has this very strange story. He was just a public servant, a public employee. And then, my friends, he meets a guy named Jacques Attali. And this Jacques Attali loves him. Thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread, like Americans say, you know. And he says, "I'm going to introduce you to Lord Rothschild, to David Rothschild, and the bank here. I think it's it's Edmond uh, at the the French branch of the Rothschilds. You have." Uh, I think you have Edmond and Evelyn. And the British branch is led by Jacob Rothschild, okay? And so he's introduced to this guy, David Rothschild, and he starts as this lowly analyst in the bank. They even pay for the French government 50,000 euros in order to free him from his agreement, his contract. And then he goes there and in four years in the bank he's a partner. He's a director. He is like the financial wizard. You know? I mean in real world my friends that never happens. You know that stinks to you know stinks to help. It's, it's something happened there nobody enters a bank as an analyst with no previous financial experience and becomes a partner and a director in 4 years that never happens okay and then he goes to politics and becomes this counselor to françois hollande the the marxist president of france But I'll tell you what happened. Okay? You're not going to listen to this in other places. So pay attention. This guy was groomed to be a tool for the Illuminati. Okay? First of all, he was born in this small, yeah, it's kind of a small city of Amiens. And he went to Jesuit school. And if you listen to our shows, you know that the Jesuits, they have the schools with the purpose of finding bright, promising candidates to help their order. So they become Jesuits. Okay. Even if they're not priests, they don't need to be priests. Okay. You're just, you know, like professional businessman, doesn't matter, a politician. But you are a Jesuit. You you belong to the order. You have spoken the oaths, okay, which are horrible by the way. It's like I'm gonna kill all the Protestants and everybody, I'm gonna follow the Pope to death and things like that. I'm gonna torture all the heretics Bible believing Protestants. And you know, when these guys, they're Jesuits in disguise. <coughs> I'm sorry. Let's <coughs> start talking about Jesuits. <coughs> you know, I, I even feel bad. Don't forget that the Pope is Jesuit. Okay. It, it, it's basically a political uh, Luciferian order. Okay, with with, you know, with the objective really of ruling all the countries, has always been this way in destroying the true church, and so this guy is much probably a Jesuit, and when he was fifteen, he had a teacher, a female teacher, and she was thirty nine. So you have this 40-year-old professor, teacher. Okay, starts dating him, abusing him. So it's pedophilia. And he goes on to marry her. And people say, well, that's so romantic. It's romantic because she's 63. She, She looks like, you know a monster. I mean she's so ugly. She looks like the white version of Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy he's good looking he's 39. She's twenty-four years older than him. And people are saying, Well wow, that's so romantic. It's a beautiful you know, love has no no boundaries, no limits. It's so beautiful. And they forget that this is an episode of pedophilia. It's not that like he's, he was 30. Because I'll say, I, I mean, who am I to judge, if you like? You want to marry a woman who's 24 years older than you? It's up to you, my friend. I have nothing against that. But it was not like he was 30 and he married this 54-year-old. No, he was 15. He was seduced. He was abused by his teacher. This is pedophilia. She should be in jail. She's a monster and a criminal. And now people say that he is, uh, he's gay. You know, there's a lot of rumors about he, him. He's dating the CEO of uh, Radio France, the radio government thing in France. So, my friends, I'll tell you, this woman was very much like his handler. Okay, because they chose the guy because he was bright, smart. And then this woman seduced him and became his handler, you know, for the Illuminati, for the globalists, probably a Satanist. And then they groomed him exactly to be the kind of person that they needed. President of France. That's the way they do it, my friends. How do you think Obama be- became president of the United States? And nobody, and nobody—a guy who who used to prostitute himself to gay old men in order to buy drugs. A guy who was was a bum in the beaches of Hawaii, smoking marijuana. That's what what all the his friends from that time now now say that's how they do it and then he he finds Jacques Zatali and who is Jacques Zatali Jacques Zatali is a Jew a Kabbalist and he is like you know one of those very very bright guys like Henry Kissinger like Paul Krugman like Thomas Friedman you know, those guys that they find, these this guys, they say, well, they're so smart and they're Jewish and they're cabalists." So let's hire him. He's going to write books. He's going to lead think tanks for the Illuminati, for the globalists. And he, he's going to write all, the, the, all our ideas and projects for the world. And that's who Jacques, Jacques Attali is. Even Henry Kissinger thinks that his work is brilliant and provocative. Difficult to dismiss. Of course, they're in the same group. And he has this book here, The Brief History of the Future. And this book is from 2006. It's one of his books because he he has written like 60. 60 books. And, And then... There's basically everything that is happening now. He wrote about it 11 years ago. And he's he's not a nobody. He used to be the counselor for President François Mitterrand for 10 years. And he's involved with all those globalist organizations, European Bank of Reconstruction, and... Uh, he even wrote a biography of banker, Illuminati banker Sigmund Warburg you know and he says basically what, exactly what's happening right now, he says we're gonna see three faces the first is the super empire an era of private, privatization where corporations rule the day that's exactly what's happening it's Trump it's Temer in Brazil. It's Macri in Argentina. Because, you know, people are tired of Marxism. Marxism failed everywhere, only produced misery, terror, and death. So let's give all the power to the corporations. That's exactly the plan of the new world order. I have always talked about total power and freedom for the corporations and the billionaires, liberal economics, libertarianism, and Marxism, cultural Marxism, Marxism, to control the masses. And he said that money will finally rid itself of everything that threatens it, make America great again, including nation states. Which it will progressively dismantle that's exactly what's happening when apple uh, uh, goes, I think to New Zealand or to Ireland, and they don't pay any taxes at all. they make like ten billion dollars in profit, and they don't pay any taxes, but you, my friend, that makes thirty forty thousand dollars a year, you have to pay like twenty. Thirty percent of your salary in taxes. Okay, and Jacques Zatali said this in 2006. Then, number two, hyper conflict, super empire will implode. Explode, of course, because you know so much poverty and uh, all the the immigration, and everybody will be. Without anything to eat and everything. And there will be a period of worldwide chaos. Starting at about 2030. Oh, I hope that Jesus Christ will not tarry so long. But anyway, he says that about 2030, Atali foresees devastating wars. Pitting nations, religious groups, terrorist entities. And free market pirates against one another. You know we have the third world war predicted by Albert Pike, by the House of the Theosophy, Alice Bailey, the Luciferians. And then finally, number three, hyper democracy. Exhausted by wars and social upheavals, the world public we welcome with open arms the creation of a democratic world government led by the Antichrist. That's the only thing that he's not saying here. And he said that immigration flows would expand and submerge nation-states. Exactly what's happening. Exactly the law that we was just passed in Brazil. Exactly what's happening in Europe. And people, you know, it's, it's interesting that, that people say, "Wow, well, what happened with the Europeans? They, they're crazy. No, they're not crazy. This is a plan carefully orchestrated and implemented. Nobody's crazy here. Because the citizen, he has no voice. What can he do? The citizen cannot do anything. Atali speaks of third world hordes engulfing the west oh yes ever more numerous masses will hurt themselves at the gates of the west they already number hundreds of thousands every month that figure will increase to millions then tens of millions oh yes my friends and then he talks about sexuality the couple will no longer be the principal base for life and sexuality family basically People will prefer to choose in full transparency polygamous or polyandrous loves, meaning promiscuity. La vida loca. Technology frees youth from parental control. Let's destroy the family. Let's destroy the power of parents to influence the kids. And then he talks about a surveillance society. That's exactly what's happening right now. So, uh, and he also says that the dollar will fall eventually, but only in 2025. But we we, we never know because they change the dates all the time. Okay. They, they say that foreign backers, people who have uh, dollar reserves will, will start abandoning it. And the credit pyramid will collapse the US will then start disintegrating with the violence in case ensuing I told you why do you think that they let Trump win in order to have things like Antifa Black, Black Lives Matter La Raza a radical left that would never exist if Hillary was in power was in part because Trump is a catalyst, because people hate Trump so much, partly because of who he is, partly because of the media attack on him, that is, this is boosting, driving the rise of a radical left. Okay. So it's all about chaos, 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 chaos and the rise of the Antichrist. So this Jacques Attali, you know, he's a... Uh, <laughs> he is a mondialiste. There, there is here, my friend, an article in French. You know what he said in, in French television? That he wants... A world government with a capital in Jerusalem Sodom and Egypt. Well, he's a Kabbalist. He's a socialist, but he is Buddy Buddies with billionaires. It's all about the Antichrist, my friends. He is co founder de l'Association. Socialisme et judaïsme. Socialisme and judaïsme. Yes. Jacques Attali déclare, déclare régulièrement qu'il est nécessaire d'instaurer un gouvernement mondial dont Jérusalem serait la capitale. Regularly, Jacques Attali déclares that it's necessary to install a world government where Jerusalem will be the capital I was going to, st- to speak in Portuguese oh yes my friends that's the world world government for you it says here the L- Leutenazi meaning killing people who are sick it's going to be one of the instruments essential tools in our future societies that's the socialist logic liberté, and the fundamental liberty is suicide of course never for the Illuminati only for the poor people in the world so, my friends, this is the guy who created Emmanuel Macron. This pedophilia victim with a handler. Frank who worked worked for the Horth Shields. Was given a fortune, a small fortune, for his services, and now as a good employee, he's gonna do the works. Of his masters. To implement. The plan of Jacques Zatali. In France. Europe and the world. Some people think that he may might. He might very well be the antichrist. I'll tell you my friends. it's, it's, It's not impossible. He may be a crypto Jew. He may be. According to Henry Macau, this Macau name is very typical of a crypto Jew, but he's a Jesuit anyway. That's the world we're living in, and a few people know what's happening. Because, my friends, we have the mind of Christ. You're going to tell people about what, what I'm saying here. They're going to laugh at you and tell you that you are crazy. That you have to to love Macron the same way that people loved Obama, the same way that people love Trudeau. You see, my friends, if he's not the Antichrist, he's one of the kings who's going to hand out his power, hand, hand over his power over to the antichrist because that's what the bible says that the 10 kings will give away their power to the antichrist so these kings they must be
1: <clears throat>
0: they, have, they have to have the same profile and they're being prepared in front of our eyes in front of our eyes eyes very well my friends let's stop for a minute for a commercial break
1: in a recent double-blind study from the institute of prophetic studies in southern california Researchers concluded that humans who listened to the Freedom Friday Hour with radio host Paul and Linda Villanueva on the Kapow Radio Show Network were 111% more intelligent than their reptilian counterparts who did not listen to Freedom Friday, but instead were busy destroying mankind. Researchers also concluded that Freedom Friday listeners were better looking than their four-eyed, two-legged, freestanding Gila monster, turtle-faced reptilian (laughs) counterparts So, share your good looks and smarts with others by telling them to join you here on the fabulous Freedom Friday Hour Your human friends will thank you
0: The Kapow Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit Okay, we are back From the commercial break And I would like to start, my friends With some more practical things We know that the world's going down To hell in a basket It's going down the drain But what should we do, my friends? The Bible tells us what we should do And... uh, the first thing, my friends, you're you're not going to change the world. I think that it's time more and more for us to realize that we are citizens of a different world. I'm not being defeatist. I'm not saying that you should not do what is right. By all means, you know. Keep working. Vote in whoever you think is best. But I'll tell you don't have... High hopes that things will change. And focus on the things of God. Because, my friends, the time is short. And we have some rules here. And the, the, uh, rule number one is trust the means of grace. So let's talk about this. Because, you know, it's important that we understand that the great goal of the Christian life is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's a huge privilege. Even that that God would think that we are worthy of that. Because he might as well have said, well, these guys, they're good for nothing. But no, he really thinks that we can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Wow. Can you imagine that? That's a, imagine that. That's a huge privilege. Okay? I think that's amazing. But such conformity depends upon a renewed mind. You have to change the way that you think. For it's only once our minds are renewed that our desires and actions can follow. Romans chapter 12. Okay? The Christian life then is one of taking off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. Which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Colossians 3 verse 9. So you change your mind a little bit every day. That's the process of sanctification. Okay. Okay. And that happens by believing that someone will make Sodom great again. No. You have to put your mind where the the important things are. The kingdom of heaven. Okay? This goal can only be achieved with great effort and lifelong commitment. For we are sinful people. Exactly, because, you know, everything in your life will say no, give up. Life is hard enough the way it is. You know, you have to work, you have to take care of your children, you have to make a living. Come on, and you're thinking about sanctification, it's just one more, more burden. Let's live la vida loca. Yes, my friends, but we are sinful. That, that's going to be difficult. You have to close some doors to the devil. But you know what's the problem? It's difficult, but it's not impossible. The problem is that people, they want, or or they think there's there's a formula, and something will happen magically in just one day. That's not the way it works. Because you get anxious... You think there's something wrong about you? You you want a miracle, you want experience. That's the problem of the churches today, especially the new apostolic revelation churches. Prosperity gospel thing. You know, they, they, they really say, Oh well, no, there was this meeting and the presence of God was there and the lives were changed. <laughs> and then you come home and you see nothing changed. Because that's not the way it works. Christian life, Christian living is lived one day at a time. So I think it, it, it's not beneficial, this kind of talk. It's only good for the people that work in the church, in the church business. Because you know, that that's a false, false advertising. It's false promises. Come to my church and your life will be changed. Of course, there's a change when you are saved. But after that, my friend, it's, it's very hard. It's very rare that something abrupt will happen in your life. So don't feel bad because you have to face one day after the other because that's what Christian life is all about. Reject those teachings that only benefit church leaders. Okay. I've, I've, I have heard so many of those stories and they never helped me. They never helped anybody. Okay? Anyway, we have to work out our, our salvation, not wait out. Okay? In a sense that we have to put an effort. Okay? Be an active participant. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. I'm reading for the text here. And I'm commanding, okay? With spiritual growth comes increased knowledge of God. Trust in God and conformity to God. It's interesting. It's it's really three results. You know God more. You trust in him more because, you know, you're going to go through some hard times and God's going to help you. And then you realize, you look back and say, well, the only explanation I have on how I escaped that difficult situation that I was in is because God helped me. And that's how your faith grows. Little by little. It's not something magical. Understand that. It's something Sometimes it's something that's just there. It's just like with Job. He had no uh, concrete evidence to trust God. But his faith was there. Sometimes it's just that. You know that Christ died for you. He raised from the dead and he's God. You know... Everything in your life just says, give up. But the faith, faith is still there. And you know why? Because it does not come from your heart. It's a gift from God. That's why you cannot get rid of that faith. <laughs> Even when everything in your life says, give up. And I'm talking to you, my friend, who, who, who is Depressed. And thinking about giving up. I'll tell you. You won't be able to. Because that faith was put there in your heart by God. That doesn't mean that you're going to. You're not going through the valley of the shadow of death. That you're you're going to suffer for a while. But that faith will be there. Okay. Don't give up. Don't, don't make it necessary longer. Than than what it is. Okay. So my friends. How do we increase our knowledge. Trust and conformity. To God. It's through the means of grace. Means of grace. It's very important my friends. To talk about this. Because there is a new age. Occultist invasion. Of church. These days. And they use lots of confusion about the means of grace in order to entice people to go to their heresies you have contemplative prayer you have the candles the rosary the liturgy well people love that and they think that those things are means of grace that you have your contemplative prayer your your eastern meditation Richard Foster and that you're gonna be closer to God because of that. You're gonna feel something. Oh the sensation, the cheap thrill. And then you go to the uh, to the Anglican Church, American Anglican Church, Episcopalian and all those churches that that they're quasi Catholic Almost Catholic churches. And they will give you a rosary. And they will say if you do this. You you pray over and over. You're going to have a means of grace. But no my friends. No, no, no. The problem. Is that people think. That the means of grace. Which are. the The word. The scriptures. The Bible. Number one. Prayer, conversation with God, talk to God like a father. Number two, and fellowship with other believers. Number three, they think they are not enough because I'm so spiritual. I'm such a spiritual pastor. I need more than that. Just this talk to Jesus. He doesn't talk back. Uh, that's not enough for me. I must have the 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 experience of God. You know, I I must have I must feel something when I pray. I, I must have this bliss because it's not fair. I'm so spiritual. It's all about pride, my friends. Spiritual pride. Spiritual pride is the sin that is behind all the false religions, the gurus in India, the monks in the Catholic Church. It's a spiritual pride. doesn't matter if you're walking barefoot and you don't have a bank account, you can be prideful. You know it's very dangerous because it's not easy to see this. Who's going to say, well, the Dalai Lama is full of pride? Nobody's going to say that, but he is. It's the pride in religiosity. Okay? That's the problem. We may grow weary of entrusting ourselves to the ordinary ministry of the word and veer instead into mysticism. We may grow discouraged in our ordinary prayer and search for new forms of communication with God. We may grow weary of worshiping in Christian community. Yes, my friends. And then what happens is that we go into mysticism. But God's extraordinary work is achieved through ordinary means. Put that in your mind. God works in your life, through your ordinary life. You don't need to be the Dalai Lama, the Pope, the Bishop of the, the, the Episcopalian Church in order to be a spiritual person. You just need to be yourself. Live in your ordinary life. You, you are special because Jesus. And not because of yourself and your position in this world or your position in church or because you're a missionary or because you went to the ship, or any kind of other mission. You know, they will tell you that over and over again to make you feel bad. But that's not biblical. So we start, my friends, with the means of grace. First is the word. The word of God, the Bible, God's revelation to mankind, everything is based on the Bible. And you know, Satan will attack the three means of, of grace. The first one that he attacks is the word. There are some obvious attacks like the wrong translations, translation full of errors and things like that. But it's not even that. It's like trying to make the Bible relative. And some people, some philosophers, religious people, they say, you know, you cannot worship the Bible. You can only worship Jesus Christ. You can only know Jesus personally. Come on. I mean, let me ask you something. Do you live in the 21st century? Or in the first century. Have you ever seen Jesus face to face? How are you gonna meet and know Jesus Christ if not through the Bible? Uh, maybe what they mean is that you're gonna have a mystical experience. And then you're gonna hear a spirit saying, I am Jesus. I'm here to talk to you. Write the book Jesus Calling. Write the book The Shack for me... Because I'm Jesus. You know? When, maybe when you're meditating... When you're, you're following... Or following Richard Foster's... Heresies. And then you're meditating... You start listening to some kind of false Jesus. cheez Like the Kapow couple says... Because, my friends, we are supposed to know Jesus through the Bible. That's how he reveals himself to us. That's God's plan. That's the way that God made the whole thing. He put that on paper so we would be able to understand Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit will allow us to understand those words. So uh, they are not arid words, words with no spiritual meaning, because they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, they forget to tell you that. That's why Satan hates the Bible. He's going to say, well, if you only read the Bible, nothing will happen. You're not going to have any emotional experience. You're not going to have a... I'm talking like Obama now. Oh... (laughs) Oh, yes, I'm not not very far from that. I mean, devil, Obama. It's here. The Bible first reveals the gospel, which is the power of God for salvation. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. We cannot be saved without it. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training righteousness, for living. So that Christian may be complete, equipped for every good work. Second Timothy chapter three. You cannot grow in godliness without it. That's why you, the, the Bible must be read, taught, absorbed, and applied. It, it's not something and this is very common today. They want to make it like a discipline. Like something, some rule that you have, uh, you know, uh, read one chapter every day. Even when, you know, you don't like it. Or buy one of those devotionals. And, you know, they'll tell you what to read. I'll tell you, that might happen, might help a baby Christian. But once, my friends, you have gone through the New Testament, you have uh, some knowledge of the Bible, it's time for you to be open to the Holy Spirit and start to read parts of the Bible that you're inspired to read. God will tell you, you know, it's time for you to grow on the subject of forgiveness. And then you go there and you read several different passages about forgiveness and you understand more about that subject. And then God will show you another subject where you need to grow. You go there and you read those passages, okay? Be open. Be open, you know, to the inspiration that comes from the Holy Spirit. Not audible. It's not something, oh, now you need to read this. No, you just feel. And you start to, you know, to be sensitive to that. You know, it's it's like the way God works. It, he bugs you. You know, that's the that idea that comes to your mind and stays there for a couple of days, and, and you know, until you do something about it. And how do you know it comes from God? Because it's beneficial for our soul. Because it honors Jesus Christ. The devil never put ideas in your head to honor Jesus Christ or to make you read the Bible. Okay. second prayer you see as the Bible is the means through which God speaks to humanity prayer is the means through which we speak to God Christians are to pray without ceasing 1 Thessalonians 5 you know my friends pray when you're crossing the street pray when you go to the bank Pray when you're driving. It's a conversation. You know all those lethargy. I know, I, I know that some people. I'm not saying that this is wrong. To have a personal place or time for prayer. If you feel comfortable with that. It's okay. But. You know don't, do not be restrained by that. Pray all the time. Pray all the time. Talk to God. He's your father. Okay, it, it's good. It, 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 you know, He's listening. It's good for your emotions. You know, because because if you don't really uh, talk about what you're feeling, and I'm not trying to be like a psychiatrist here. It's it's, it's just it's good to have someone to talk about your issues So let them flow all the time. That's what pray without ceasing means. Okay? Make your life a conversation in which we hear from God and speak in return. Okay? We are to offer prayers of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, intercession, and supplication. Yeah, pray for people. intercession for people it works I'll tell you all those people who are saved you see all these testimonies oh the satanist was saved I mean there's always someone who's praying for that person maybe the grandmother maybe the mother usually the mother <laughs> yeah thanksgiving thank you for, for this bread Thanks for, for this meal. Thank, thanks for one more day. We, pray, we make a, r- a routine here to pray every time that we leave our place and we drive from our place for protection against the evildoers, especially here in Brazil, against the, th- the, the, the robbers, the criminals. Yes, you have to pray about that. Yes, my friends. And pray for other people. Pray for and talk to people. Okay? But you see how Satan doesn't like that? He tries to transform this conversation. It's a healthy conversation that you have all the time. You don't need preparations. You don't need an altar. You don't need uh, candles. What he tries to do? To destroy that. It changes that into something that is formal. It's the liturgical. You need uh, uh, candles. You need uh, to do contemplative prayer. You need a total silence. You don't need a total silence. Some of the most emotional, uh, important prayers that I have spoken in my life were during difficult times. With confusion and noise all around me. You see, there, there's, there's a place for a quiet time. Especially if you like it. If you have a patience for that. Okay? But there's also a, a place for prayer during your whole day. But Satan doesn't like that. He says, no, you need the rosary, the beads. You need to pray in a repetitive way. It doesn't matter that Jesus said, do not pray this way. Do that. Because, you know, in our Anglican American church, here we do that. In our Episcopal church. We we do that. We pray with the beads. Just like the Hindus and the Buddhists. You know, you have to empty your mind. If you do not empty your mind, you're not praying in the right way, says Richard Foster. In this way, Satan is destroying prayer as it's supposed to be. Do not let him do that. Fellowship. What's fellowship, my friends? It's a, let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, encouraging one another. Let's do good, especially to those in the house of God. It's it's being friends, you know. It's nothing much different from being a good friend. But what we see today, it's entertainment. So people go to church, there's a show there. People playing, you know, the loud musical instruments. Those pop songs that nobody knows the, the, the lyrics. You know, it's just high tech, state of the art equipment. And then a feel-good message, and you go home, and you don't know the name of anybody there. They don't have any kind of participation in your life. That's not fellowship. Or maybe they will say the purpose in your life, the purpose-driven life, is to participate in the missions or in the construction of the cafeteria in church, or maybe you're going to cook some Christian tacos. That's the purpose of your life is to help the church leaders in their church business. You know, that's not fellowship. That's not fellowship. Okay. Fellowship is when you pray together join our voices together in prayer Acts 4 we sing praises to God meaningful praises to God Colossians 3 we bear one another's burdens Galatians 6 who does that we encourage one another First Thessalonians five eleven. that's what we are trying to do here encourage you But it's so hard. It's so rare today. Because people really think they're going to evangelize and and witness to the whole world. You know, in their their trips abroad. I love those trips. Let's go to Mexico with the church, with the youth people, youth pastor. We'll take 10 teenagers to Mexico. And they spend three days there basically it's spending $30,000 something like that that's not fellowship my friends, fellowship is just being friends, but on a higher level but we're not even friends in a lower level I mean I, I know people who go to spirit centers, to Catholic church, they have more fellowship than real Christians because at least they help each other They're there when there's a problem. They pick up the phone and call people. How are you doing? What's up, brother? And Christians, they do do not do that because they're so involved in missions and evangelistic programs and, and church business. They don't have time for people. Yes, my friends, it's hard. It's hard because, you know... It could be easier. (laughs) Tautological. Tautologically speaking. That's when you're saying the obvious. You still have the word. You still have prayer. You have like internet podcasts. (laughs) But it's not the same thing. A friend would be better. Yes, my friends. Yes, the means of prayer. You have to initiate that, you know. You want to be friends, you have to initiate. Don't wait for the other person to come to you because probably he won't come. You have to initiate friendship. Be open. Okay? That's it, my friends. We access the Lord's grace and receive the Lord's help through these ordinary means we cannot expect to grow or thrive apart from them okay so i'll tell you those means of grace are accessible they're simple they're easy to understand you don't need to buy a book from a guru you don't need to buy a book from richard foster to understand them and practice them you know just read your bible the way the, the way that you can Whenever you can, pray all the time. It's easy. Lord, help me here. I need, you know, to finish this project. I need to talk to this person. It's going to be difficult, so please help me. You know, just be friends to people. You know how to do that. You learned that in kindergarten. <laughs> You don't need any guru, any conference, any seminar of pastors, leadership, nothing like that. Do not not let people deceive you. The gospel is simple. Take advantage of it. Thanks God for that. Thanks God that it's simple. Okay? Thank you very much. I hope you have learned something today. I enjoyed very much talking to you and I hope that God will let us meet again next week. Bye-bye.